Welcome back to the Patriot Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Buckner. I appreciate you joining us again and listening to the show. So before we get started, as usual, if you would uh, take a moment, look down at your device, send the show link to somebody you know that you think might get some value or be interested in, uh, in, in the program. That would mean so much to us. Uh, it really means a lot when you share that like that. You can find us uh, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, Patriot Leadership Advisors. You can find us there. And then the website, patriotleadershipadvisors.com. And before we get into the the, the main discussion today, the um, I wanted to go over one of the offers that we have, which is our strategic business assessments. And this is something that I kind of did a, a version of this when I was in the Marine Corps for a while. And, and I thought back then, you know, this is something that could certainly be beneficial to businesses in the private business space. And I, I thought about this for, for several years before, you know, actually trying to do this now. So, uh, and getting into this. So here, here's kind of how this looks. Here's kind of what we do. So, we go through a handful of functional areas that most businesses all have that are common to most businesses. And obviously these can vary, you know, depending on the type of work your, your company does. But the bottom line is the intent is to come in and take a look at how we do business across the board in whatever areas, maybe all of them, or just some of them, depending on what your needs are. But taking a look at these different areas and, and understanding, you know, what are we doing? What's working? What's not working? And where can we make improvements? That's it. That's the that's the point. And and so this is through finance. And I'm not a CFO by any means. And so, but I'm not talking about the nuts and bolts of the back end of accounting. I'm talking about the upfront finance piece where we're we're talking about. Are we billing enough? Are we charging customers enough? Are our prices right? Are they too high? Uh, you know, what's the market say? Um, and then how's that billing actually being captured? Is it coming across the, the right way when it comes to customers? Um, those sorts of things. And then on the other end of that, with the accounts receivable and collections, is that being done? I've seen in some companies where we're talking smaller, mid-sized family-owned businesses where there might be hundreds of thousands into millions of dollars in receivables that are outstanding and nobody's calling. Nobody in the company's actively pursuing this money that is owed to them. And it's crazy, but it's it's a matter of the leadership not being involved at the right levels to ensure that we're we're turning money over. We're, we're bringing money in the door that we're owed. And so we'll take a look at those things. Other areas are operations. Uh, you know, are things being coordinated efficiently every day, safely, things like that. We'll look at systems. Do you have the right systems in place for the most effective and most efficient manner of doing business in whatever that is? You could be a plumbing company. Do you have any kind of software that allows you to efficiently schedule jobs, manage customers and all these things. Do you need one? Are you a, such a small company that this can be achieved uh, 
you know, more cost efficiently, you know, with a spreadsheet of some kind, regardless of what that of what it looks like, take a look at, at what those systems are and are they in place? Are they being used? Are they effective? Are they efficient? Or is there a better way? A lot of times, you know, companies and well, people don't want to change. And so there's there's resistance to people allowing a new system to come in because they don't want to learn it. They don't want a new tool because that may be hard up front to, to implement. And so maybe there's some ways we can help with that. Um, structure. Is your business organized the right way? And I'm not talking about a legal structure. I'm talking about internally. Is it staffed and are departments set up the right way to be efficient and effective? Um, just a quick example of one that, uh, I, I saw where, so this company has multiple departments that, that do different things. And so you've got an, an HVAC department, you've got a plumbing and electrical, and they all have their own managers. But then you have this person that's called the director of administration who oversees the different administrative functions but one of the issues is people don't have job descriptions with clearly defined roles and responsibilities. So there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of overlap and a lot of confusion. And so you have this director of admin person meddling because they think it's their job also in these different departments in scheduling work and who's going to go do these this plumbing job or this HVAC job. And I'm like, how does that make any sense? You've got a manager in this department that should be taking care of these things. Why is this other person outside of that department making tactical level decisions for the department? Those are day-to-day decisions that that manager should handle. Now, I would say, you know, in their structure, maybe this director of admin may be best suited to source and implement the best methods internally that we're going to, you know, what's our billing process or what is our process for, or our software for scheduling, you know, they can bring those things to the table to help integrate, to, to make sure there's the right efficiencies internally. So that the administrative workflow makes sense, you know, and, and that's where they collaborate with managers to ensure that all works well. But to literally make scheduling decisions to say, hey, Joe is going to go on this call at noon tomorrow to do this plumbing job, it doesn't make any sense. And so we see this all the time where the structure of the company doesn't make sense. And you're going, why does this person have anything to do with that or, or something along those lines? So it's, it's just ensuring that it's, it's set up properly. And then personnel. Do you have the right people? to do the work you're doing and that's from training competency and attitude to are you staffed at the appropriate level do you have the right amount of these people to do the job efficiently and effectively and are they trained properly in all of these not only in the job itself but do they know the other internal processes and procedures in the company in order for the billing and all these other things to work well so tying that all together and then marketing and advertising. First of all, are you doing any? Is there a marketing effort? What does that look like? Is it working? Is anybody managing that and measuring that to, to know that it's effective or ineffective? And then how can we improve it? I had one company where 
I asked about, you know, hey, are you doing any advertising? And the answer was no, we've been in business for a long time. We don't need to advertise. And I, I about fell out of my chair. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You, just because you've been in business for a long time doesn't mean you don't need to advertise. Coca-Cola has been in business for 100 years and they still advertise. But if they didn't, it wouldn't take long before they weren't top of mind anymore and somebody else would take their place. So, and you have to remember, your customer base is always evolving too. The people that were your customers 25 years ago may not be the same customer today. And so how are you continually reaching new customers so that 5, 10 years, 20 years from now, you're still relevant? So, but again, is, is there a marketing plan? Are we doing any advertising? Is it effective? We'll look at all these things and... And maybe it's great. Maybe it's already working well, and that'd be great. But maybe it's not, and there's something we could do to help improve that. And then kind of lastly is management. How is the company being led at the different levels where it's relevant? What's the culture like? What's the morale like? What's the current climate? You know, is the management effective? Is there too many managers, too few managers? Are they not in the right place? Are they trained? Do they know how to effectively manage and lead people? These are all things that uh, you know we'll have to figure out. And, and honestly, most of the time, we see that that piece is broken, which leads to the other pieces being broken. So this is why the leadership part of this is the biggest thing. Because if you fix that, if you can get that right, it doesn't mean you know everything. It doesn't mean that, that everything's perfect. But if you've got effective leadership in the right places, those types of people will ensure that these other areas we're talking about are at least functioning at a level that, that uh, is manageable. Because they're going to care. They're going to be involved. They're going uh, to work with their team to, to do the best they can. But, but right there, that's why this leadership piece is so important. So, so those are the things. That's how we do our assessment. We come in, and again, maybe you don't need all of those things. Maybe you're only concerned about one or two or three of those, and that's okay. We can come in and help. We'll take a look at those functional areas, and we'll do what we can to help get things on track uh, for you. And so, again, you can check that out on our website, patriotleadershipadvisors.com, and that's something that we can definitely help your company get on track with. Because, um, again, you're busy. You're, you're leading a company you've got or a department and you've got a lot of responsibilities and it's hard sometimes to, to stop and do training or stop and go, hey, is this process working? Or hey, are we charging enough money and analyzing these jobs? Who's going to do it? So sometimes you need someone else to come in and help and that's where we can come in. So check that out. Check it out on the website. We'd love to help. These are strategic level things to help your business, get it to where you want it to be, uh, and move forward. One of the things I wanted to talk about today, or the main thing I wanted to talk about today, was one of the key leadership traits, and there's a bunch of them, and, and depending on, on your school of thought or wherever you, you uh, maybe kind of grew into your, your leadership, there's different uh, schools of thought on this, but you know, like you know, I was in the Marine Corps for a long time, and the Marine Corps got its its leadership traits that it kind of teaches from day one. And this one actually is is one of them, but I think it's important. But I wanted to talk about it today because I think it's 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 overlooked quite often as being uh, so important. 
and and that's uh, decisiveness. And and we'll get into this here a little bit, but um, it's very important. And so, but one of the things before we get into that is, first of all, having the opportunity to lead people is a privilege and an honor, and and it should be treated that way. And so many times people get in these positions where they're expected to be a leader, but they don't, they're not necessarily equipped or ready to be. And, and so this is where we run into problems and they don't treat it that way. And, and the reason that I think that it's a, a privilege and an honor is because you have this enormous responsibility to take care of these other people that are expecting you to guide them and lead them in a certain way. And depending on the type of, of business you're in, sometimes it's more serious than others, but certainly in the military, it's extremely serious because it's life or death. But it's also extremely serious in other business because there's a lot of money on the line. There's people's careers on the line. There's people's families that are expecting them to um, provide for them. And so their job is important to them. Their career progression and happiness is important to them. So it all matters. And there's also other, there's certain fields that, you know, construction in certain areas where it's, it's also just as dangerous or maybe even more dangerous than what the military can be at times. So it's important in a lot of different ways. You have this enormous responsibility as a leader and you should take it serious. You're there to serve them, to serve them in the organization. And so there's an expectation. People have an expectation of you and, and you have to deliver. And it doesn't mean that people expect perfection, but they do expect a great effort. They expect competency. And, and I think they expect honesty. And you're there to look out for their best interest. Um, so with that, you know, I think uh, one of the most overlooked traits is, is decif- decisiveness. And we'll get into to why. So first of all, I think, you know, just kind of a, a loose definition that I, I made up, this isn't a Webster definition, but just kind of my thoughts on it is, it's the ability to make decisions in a timely manner when a decision's necessary. There's not always a point where a decision needs to be made, but sometimes there there is. And when that time comes up, people are looking at you as the leader to do something. Even if that something is actually nothing, that can be a decision. Sometimes doing nothing, you could maybe there's a decision that needs that, or you have a, a couple of choices to make. You can go, hey, we can, you know, hey, we're out on this patrol. What do we do? Do we halt in place and stay where we are for a little while, or do we uh, assault through an objective this way, or do we set up a, a observation post over here? Whatever the case is, maybe maybe the decision is to not really do anything different than what you're doing. But you're making a conscious decision to say, nope, we're going to halt in place. We're going to stay right where we are. And you communicate that to the team. And that now they know actually a decision has been made, even though it didn't result in anything changing. But the key is you communicated it to them so that they understand that, no, a decision has been made. We're going to stay right here for the time being. And, and so people can understand that. But here's an example so there was a company, um, they were having some issues with revenue and expenses. And a lot of their problem, you know, came down to pricing jobs and controlling employees' hours and things like that. Really simple management of, of people in order to be efficient. 
And so you had like the CEO, he'd meet with the VPs and senior management and they he would discuss all these cash flow problems trying to figure out, hey, how come we're not making money? And one of the main issues really was that none of the managers were really involved um, in their departments well enough to care or care to do anything differently. And one example of this was where, so you've got this plumbing department where you've got plumbers going out every day on jobs. They're going into these companies or into these homes or businesses, say they're installing a new toilet. And when that plumber comes back, he turns in documentation that says, Hey, I installed a new toilet and somebody's supposed to bill that to the customer and create an invoice based off of this you know, really hokey, half-ass sort of work, uh, work order with no detail. It doesn't have the actual make and model and price of the toilet that was installed. And again, here we go. This director of admin or this manager says, oh, just just throw a number on there. Most toilets cost 200 bucks. Just throw 200 bucks on there. And you're thinking, well, why, why don't we capture the real cost so that we ensure that we're not losing money and that we're making money at the right margin that we're expecting to. So, but the managers didn't want to do this because that would require them to implement processes and procedures in order to make that happen. And that, well, that's hard. And, but honestly, in this organization, it wasn't necessarily that. That wasn't the only problem. It wasn't that they were lazy or didn't care necessarily. It was that they also knew that above them in the chain of command, there were so many problems and dysfunction that it didn't matter. Nobody would be held accountable to actually following these processes and procedures or whatever. So, so they didn't bother even pushing it up. But to the frontline clerk that's creating these this invoicing, they're thinking, what in the heck is going on here? Like, why why aren't we, like, they're recommending these changes so that we can bill effectively and make sure we're making money on each one of these jobs, yet nobody seems to care. You can't get an answer out of anybody. The managers blow it off and nothing changes. Yet, they're still continuing to have these meetings to discuss not making money, but nobody feels like bringing it up because, you know, for whatever reason, they feel like nothing will change. It's actually... When, you, when you're not involved in it every day, you know, like me, I hear this, you know, as a, as a third party and just like you would, and you're thinking, well, that doesn't even make sense. But think about where you work or maybe somewhere you have worked. I'm sure you've either heard or seen something like this and you're like, this is so bizarre. Like, why wouldn't we do something about this? But there's going back to what I said a little bit ago with the management and leadership piece, because that piece is broken, people know nothing else is going to get fixed because there's so many other things that there's, that those, there's so many expectations of the leadership that they would have to do all of these things to ensure that like, Hey, if we implemented this new process, well, who's going to hold the employees accountable? Well, one, you have to train them and they have to do that. And then you have to hold them accountable to what the process is and nobody likes that. So in the meantime, nothing ever changes and you've kind of got the status quo, which means we're not making money. But how long is that sustainable? How long can this business continue on not making money? And obviously it probably won't be too long, 
before something has to change. And it'll just be cutbacks and uh, layoffs or whatever it looks like. And so a lot of this could be fixed if you had people, the managers and leaders in the right places that would actually do something, bring this up to the chain of command. And then I understand, you know, maybe your supervisor at the very top won't do anything, but that that's what we're talking about though. You could have this great idea and a way to, to fix the billing problem to help resolve this cash flow issue that we're having. But you know, hey, my boss isn't going to do anything. But if you continue to bring that up and you can, can and you can deliver that message in such a way where it shows the value and what it's going to do for them, like, hey, boss, this is going to allow you to go into the meeting with the CEO and you can go, hey, I think we can affect this cash flow problem right here. I've got a plan X, Y, Z, and I can help implement this new process. If you deliver it that way, something can change. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to do that. So it's just easier to not make the decision. Or the decision is to do nothing. And next thing you know, you know, we're, we're in the same spot. So, um, and there, again, there's any number of reasons why this is the case, but, but I think I just explained why I think that that's why it is the way that it is. So there was a, there was a period of time, you know, uh, towards the end of my career in the Marine Corps, and I was on this inspection team, this commanding general's inspection team where, um, we would we would go into different commands and inspect all everything that they were doing and to ensure compliance you know the marine corps as a whole would establish directives for how we do business in all these different areas whether it's maintenance uh, administration supply you know how we manage ammunition and weapons i mean there's there's directives on how everything's done across the board and we would go into these units and conduct inspections to ensure that they were being compliant to the directives. And it's basically the same thing that I'm now doing in my personal life. It's just that there's no set directives. There are some best practices that successful businesses are doing that you can certainly model, but there's no actual directive that says you have to do this the way that the military does. So anyway, we would go to these units and every time, I mean, we would see the same problems everywhere we would go. And um, there was a guy at the time that was my boss that was the leader of that team. I was a member of the team that would look at the supply and logistics functions in some of these units. And we had our team was about 10 people and everybody kind of had their functional area that they are an expert in. So but but every time we would see the same types of problems. And uh, at the time, my, my boss would always say it, always, it, it boils down to one of two things. It's either ignorance or apathy. And and he was right. We would look at this every time. And and it, it became kind of just a silly joke, you know, it would be ignorance or apathy. And but it's true. And it's the same in your business, I can assure you. It's either people don't know or they don't care enough to do anything about it. Either way is unacceptable. It's okay to not know, but the type of people that are leaders and managers you got to go out there and find the answers. Be curious. Try to figure out the problem. Try to understand why the billing's not working well or why we're not, why the cash flow isn't great and do your part inside of your own, uh, your own level of the company to affect change. Or, you know, and then on the apathy piece just means basically you don't care, you're lazy, and you don't care to do anything about it. And sometimes people 
may have come in and they actually did care. But over time, because of the poor leadership above them, they've kind of gotten beat down and they just kind of have kind of reserved themselves to the uh, to the bench. And they're like, eh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I do a good job, if I make great recommendations or try to affect change. Nobody else above me cares, so there's nothing I can do. And again, this all goes back. We were talking about these different core competencies that that the the leadership is so and the management of the company is so important because you want to you want to make sure you have that environment that's created that will allow for people to feel like they can affect change and they do matter and they can make a difference. That's the only way it's going to get better. So that kind of covers that part for a little bit here. So one one other kind of uh, thing I wanted to talk about was. Um, People, people want, need answers and want answers on what's going on because they want to feel like they're part of a team. And if you, if you don't share with them what's going on, they're never going to feel like that. You're not going to get that leadership feel, which is the thing that undermines the culture and the morale of, of, of any organization. And I'm sure a lot of you have been there. You, know, you come to work every day, you're trying your best, and you feel like the people in, in leadership above you don't care as much as you do. And you're like, well, quickly that ruins the morale and the culture. And you get a lot of people going, why does it matter? It doesn't matter what I do. Nobody gives a crap around here. Another another way that this uh, lack of decision making can kind of affect things is, I'll tell a quick story here. Back in, uh, I don't know, 2000, 2001, somewhere around there, the Marine Corps changed their combat camouflage uniforms from, you know, this green tricolor, kind of the old school um, camouflage uniforms to the new digital camouflage. Uh, and I'm sure you've all, you know, you've seen this. And so the way that the Marine Corps typically does this is there's, you know, you know, a two year, three year, some sort of implement implementation period where, you know, you can kind of, you're allowed to wear both uniforms until, you know, this one's no longer allowed to be worn anymore. And there's kind of a mandatory possession date of the new ones. And I don't remember, I, I don't know, it might've been like a two year period or something like that. But nonetheless, at the time, um, I was stationed out in 29 Palms, California. And, uh, and this was a big deal, you know, and during my time at, at that point, you know, the Marine Corps never come out with a new uniform and, and people were excited about it. And, and so you want, everybody wanted to get out there and get these new uniforms and start wearing, excuse me, start wearing them. And I remember our, the, the commander of my unit, you know, wouldn't allow us to wear them. And it, it wasn't, we weren't explicitly told we couldn't wear them like that, but Basically, there's a training plan, daily, weekly, monthly training plan. And in that training plan, it outlines what the uniform of the day is. And it was always in there explicitly, you know, um, the uniform of the day is the, uh, uh, you know, the old tricolor camouflage uniform. So you knew we weren't wearing the new one and he wasn't wearing the new one. And so, you know, for uniformity's sake, we're all still wearing the old uniform. But it wasn't really explained why or, or when or anything. And so around the base, every other unit was already wearing this new uniform. And after a while, it was, it was embarrassing. It was like people were looking at us like, 
who are these guys? Why are they still wearing the old uniform? And, and after a while, people knew, like, ooh, you must be with Delta Company. Like, they knew who we were, and they knew that it was kind of a laughing stock. And, uh, but it was frustrating because all it would have taken to make everybody feel a little bit better would have been for the commander to go, listen, I don't want to force people to go buy this new uniform just yet because it's expensive or, Hey, you know, we're, we're, we're going to continue to wear the old uniform for one more year or six more months because of, you know, this reason. Um, and, and I think people would have accepted it a little bit better, but this, when you just ignore that there's an issue or something going on or information that people are sort of looking for and you don't bother to tell them, then what you're doing is undermining your own leadership. You're, you're not involving people on the team to make them feel like they're part of the team. And, and I would say over the course of time after that, the Marine Corps as a whole got a lot better at this, where I think through the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, they understood a lot better that, hey, it's super important to keep Marines of all levels informed of what's going on because that's only going to allow them to do a better job when they have the right information. And But before that, there was a lot of it. A lot of times it was kind of like, you know, hey, for some junior people, like, hey, we don't, you know, they don't matter. We don't need to tell them what's going on. They just, they're, they're going to do what they're told. And while that's true, how much better of a job can people do when they understand the why. And not only do, can they do a better job, but they're also going to feel like they matter. They feel like they're part of the team. You're taking the time to explain to them why we are doing what we are doing because we're a team. We're a group. And if you want the morale and the culture to be a, a positive thing, if you want it to be a place where people want to work and feel like they they are contributing, then you have to keep them informed of what the heck's going on or, or, or they won't. And they're not going to stay long. So, but the bottom line is with, with this, with decisiveness, when you're in a position of leadership, there's expectations and they're high expectations. And when, when there's decisions that need to be made at your level with your authority, make them and communicate to your people. That's the key. People need to understand the why. And, and even if there's not going to be a change, hey, we're going to continue you know, I understand that maybe there's a new software we need to, or we could use to, to do this differently or whatever, but we're not going to do that right now. Maybe it's not in the budget this year, but we are going to allocate that for the next fiscal year to purchase this software. But we're going to have to do it the way we're, we've been doing it for the next six months. And that's okay. So, hey, we're not changing. We're going to keep doing things the way we were doing it. But you've you've explained to people the reason why. Hey, it just wasn't budgeted. It's it's a It's a large expense that we didn't account for this year. But we'll plan for it for next year. And most reasonable people will accept that and be like, cool, no big deal. We're going to do it next year. It wasn't budgeted for. People get that. But when you just ignore it and they feel like you're just, you're not giving them answers and you're not making changes and you're not explaining why, then their their feeling is you just don't care. And that's not acceptable. And and again, you're going to lose uh the culture, the morale, and the people, and you're going to end up with people that just don't care. And businesses with people that don't care don't make money. They lose money. And uh, I think that's proven. And so, 
again, going back to these assessments we talked about, these are the types of things that we can help uh, get in front of or, or eradicate if necessary. But, uh, but thanks for listening today. I hope, uh, hope you get a little something out of that. We'll, we'll, we'll mix these in with some of our interviews. Uh, again, you can check us out, patriotleadershipadvisors.com and uh, on social media, uh, Facebook, Patriot Leadership Advisors, and uh, on Instagram. So again, thanks for listening. Share the show with somebody, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.